Me trying to be strong and remain positive, I actually returned to work the next day, even though I was in fear, even though I was uncomfortable and I couldn't concentrate the day before. I have asked myself, why are you coming to work? You are listening to the Redefining Wealth podcast with Patrice Washington. In today's episode, I sit down with bullying expert, Dr. Mildred Payton, who says, be careful because bullying can happen to anyone. Hey there, this is Patrice from patricewashington.com where we chase purpose, not money. Welcome back to another episode of Redefining Wealth. To my OG listeners, my purpose chasers, thank you so much for continuing to come back each and every week and for your support in every way possible from the ratings, the reviews, the DMs, where you send me so much encouragement and post about the episodes, share with your communities. It means the world to me. And for those of you who are new to the Redefining Wealth podcast, go ahead and subscribe. Just Just go on ahead and click it because you're going to want to stay. We believe here that wealth is more than money and material possessions. Wealth is at the heart about well-being. And so we seek to help you figure out what are these different areas of your life where you may be unfulfilled and it is impacting your ability to make, manage, or multiply your money, your finances. It's all connected, guys. And so everything that I talk about here always has a connection, some form or fashion back to wealth. And this series that we are in the midst of, I chose to do because it is Bullying Awareness Month or Bullying Prevention Month. And because I've had my own experience with being harassed, in particular online, I really wanted to unpack What happens when this type of abuse or bullying or harassment goes unchecked? Because I've been very grateful that I am so intentional and purposeful and passionate about my work that I was able to push through my major season. It still happens from time to time. But the times when I was being bullied so badly that really it could have sent me into something, you know? It really could have sent me into a place where I didn't want to come online anymore. And in some ways it did. I stopped doing a lot of the things that I was doing because of that fear that comes up every time you open your phone and you're like, oh my gosh, did someone say something? Did they tag me in something? Did they send me something gross today? Like, I don't know if I'm up for that. And I see how when bullying goes unchecked, and obviously you've seen this too, you've seen that there are children who are committing suicide at nine and 10 years old. You see how people snap in different ways in their work environments when someone has mistreated them. And next thing you know, they are retaliating on the whole place and any coworker who was never nice to them. There is so many things or so many tragedies that can come out of this that I do see the connection to wealth. I do see the connection to us not being able to show up as our best selves. But I'm also really aware, especially in a community of such high achievers, which we have here, that a lot of times we normalize things that are not normal. We make certain behaviors okay, and we just kind of stick it under the stress bucket. But I was on Twitter not too long ago and read about a 21-year-old young man dropping dead because of the stress he was experiencing in college. And so 
my heart in doing this and my desire, like I shared with you last week with Dr. Shannon Thomas about the financial abuse is bringing your awareness to behavior that is not normal, that is not healthy, that is not okay, and making sure that at the minimum you're aware when this comes up for you. Because I think for many of us, it's not a if, it's a when. And when it comes up for you, I just want you to be able to recognize what it is so you can go and get the support that you need. And so today I'm really excited for you to hear from one of my favorite people right now. I actually met her through the Redefining Wealth community. She became my coaching client and I've been able to help her kind of freshen up her presence online because she's so passionate about what she does. And the more I got to hear her story, the more I really thought, you know what? When Bullying Awareness Month comes up, I want to highlight this beautiful and talented woman because not only is she an expert with a PhD and all this stuff, she actually has experienced it. And so without further ado, let me introduce you to Dr. Mildred Payton so we can get in to this interview. You may not know this by looking at Mildred Payton, but she is a survivor. Despite having a PhD in human and social services, a bachelor's degree in social work and sociology, and a master's degree in counseling psychology, she still experienced bullying firsthand both on the job and in her role as a mother who was just trying to protect her children. Being a trained professional is only one piece to the puzzle. And as an expert on bullying, she speaks from her heart and from her real world experience because she knows the denial, the pain, the frustration, embarrassment, guilt, and sometimes even downright rage that can consume you or your loved one when you're being taken advantage of. So she's here today to share with us her perspectives and her insight on how we can recognize bullying both on the schoolyard and in the workplace, but also how we can become our own advocate. Without further ado, Dr. Mildred Payton. Welcome to the Redefining Wealth podcast, Dr. Mildred. Hi, Patrice. Thank you for having me. It's such an honor to be on your show. Just listen to you for a year now. I would have never imagined that I would be sitting here just speaking to you on your podcast. So just thank you for having me and sharing the space and moment with me. Oh, yeah. Well, as much as you've been listening to me, I've also been watching you. Oh. <laughs> well, because you're one of those people, I always tell folks that there's certain people online for some reason, their energy, their enthusiasm, their light shines even through what's online. So you've commented in different places. And now most recently, we've had an opportunity to work together in a coaching capacity. But I mean, you're just a light. And thank you. I actually thought about this topic last year, but because I started the podcast so quickly, I thought it was really heavy to jump into. <laughs> Like I really needed to get through the foundational pillars and really share more about my story and who I am and all that stuff. But as you know, I was harassed online. Yeah. Really, I mean, it's still going on. I don't even know if you know that. It still actually happens yeah. every once in a while. Finally, I think they're, I've been praying for them, Dr. Mildred. <laughs> I've, been praying, I've been praying for them to get blessed and have something to do so they can be booked and busy and leave me alone. But it still happens from time to time. And I felt like last year, because I was new to podcasting, it was a little too early to give so much. But if you guys heard the episode for my birthday in March, Blessed by Enemy, I really shared 
shared quite openly about being harassed online in particular. And so when I looked at October being Bullying Awareness Month or Bullying Prevention Month, I hear it being used both ways. Again, I always say I can't be the only one, even as an adult. Like this is not just a childhood thing. There are mean people out there. There are hurt people. And so, again, looking at this topic, you were the first. Um, and so I'm really excited to have you on. I've already shared a little bit of your background. Not only do you have a PhD and a degree in all this stuff, the truth is you have your own personal testimony with bullying. Can you talk a little bit about why you're actually so passionate about this topic? Yes, I'm really passionate about this topic because naturally I'm just a compassionate person. You know, I just care about the well-being of others. But more so, I'm passionate because I experienced bullying myself at the workplace and as a parent having to witness my child. For example, my oldest daughter right now, she experienced it in the fourth grade and it was really devastating to see her go through it, the frustration and the just the restlessness to go through that process of being just attacked by her peers, especially boys, and it made her really uncomfortable. And so I was just there as a parent to advocate for her to make sure that it comes to an end. And so I'm really passionate about this because I can only imagine what other parents are going through who don't have the time or resources to advocate for their children and to be persistent. So I just want to be that voice and that person that someone can feel comfortable to reach out to based on my personal experiences with this topic. And as far as my experience with bullying in the workplace, that was also a very devastating and frustrating time that I had to go through. It was painful because as a hard worker, you put so much into your career and into what you believe in. And to have someone or an organization just treat you as if none of that matters and, you know, use intimidation or just verbal abuse or even covert bullying in the sense where it's like because I spoke up, because I questioned a form of authority at that point, I was pretty much blackballed. There was no way for me to progress further in organization, no matter my hard work, my skills, my commitment, dedication, no matter how involved I was beyond my primary role, I could not progress. It was based on the fact that I challenged authority by simply asking questions when things seems a little bit questionable. So I used my voice. I spoke up, wanted to know what was happening, but In turn, I was blackballed. So I felt that I was retaliated against. And not only do I feel this way, I've had several conversations with some colleagues and even some managers where it just pretty much alluded to that's what was going on. So it was very clear that I wasn't valued, especially at the very end when I made that final decision to walk away. The office manager at the time, it was like an outrage, like he had a meltdown one morning, you know, Mm -hmm. the screaming and the yelling and just using threatening remarks. It was just really uncomfortable. And me trying to be strong and remain positive, I actually returned to work the next day, even though I was in fear, even though I was uncomfortable and I couldn't concentrate the day before. I had asked myself, why are you coming to work? You don't feel comfortable. You don't feel safe. And it was hard. It was like a slap in the face. And I just really felt degraded. It was humiliating, especially when my name was thrown out there in the middle of his outburst and rage. It was really scary. I want to take it a step back though, because I heard you speak before about your situation with your daughter and it actually led her to have very 
physical manifestations of the trauma, if you will, that she was going through with bullying. And I really think it's important for parents to hear that because sometimes we dismiss how our children are acting or maybe some of their complaints as, oh, they're just being dramatic or they're just being extra. I've heard that before. But how was that manifested for your daughter with the school bullying? Yeah, that is very common. Sometimes we misinterpret the signs of bullying. For us, it was very clear there was something wrong. But initially, we just assumed that it was just something wrong with her breathing. Maybe it was a development of asthma. But in actuality, what was going on was the stress that she was feeling at school. So she started having chest pains and complaining. So we took her to the, her pediatrician. The pediatrician just um, checked her out did some exams and said, you know, she's fine. Everything looks great. She's healthy. We're not sure what's going on, but um, is everything okay at home or at school? And I said, as a matter of fact, she's having a lot of issues at school right now with a young girl and a couple of boys. And now that you mentioned, I think that's what's going on. I think just knowing my daughter, how sensitive she is, she tends to internalize a lot of things. It was like a light bulb moment to say, oh my gosh, this is what's happened to my child right now. Due to this mm-hmm. bullying-related issue, it created so much stress on her that not only did we take her to her pediatrician, but I had to get a second opinion because it was just persistent. She wasn't getting any better. So we took her to a child cardiologist and they did a thorough exam. And mm-hmm. same thing. She's fine. She looks healthy. Maybe it's just growing pains. And again, I said, okay, you know what? This is definitely related. So we had a conversation. I said, hey, what's going on? You know, the doctors are saying everything is okay with you. This is not normal. I just pretty much put the puzzle together and say, this is related to your situation at school, right? And I spoke to the counselor, made it clear to you know the principals and whatnot that everything that's going on right now is physically impacting her and we need to make sure this issue is addressed. But so many times you talk to school administrators or principals or whomever, and they don't necessarily take it seriously. Wasn't that initially your case too, where they were kind of protecting the bully? Yes, that was initially my case. And sadly, that's also what I discovered in my research study. It's very frustrating when you're trying to help your child and trying to advocate for them and be their hero. But at the same time, your concerns are being downplayed. It's disturbing, it's frustrating. And when things like that happen, what I would say is, Continue to advocate for your child. Continue to address the issue. Just continue to climb the chain of command until you get your issue resolved. When we put our foot down, we said this issue has to be addressed because our child's well-being is in jeopardy right now. She loves going to school and now she has to think twice, oh my gosh, what's going to happen today? I don't want to deal with this. I don't want to hear that from such and such. And that was a major issue for us. We didn't want to steal her joy away from her from going to school. And so we just had to be persistent. And if you feel that your voice is not being heard, especially when it comes to your children, you have to continue. You can't stop or just settle for, oh, this is a mutual conflict. Like We hear that a lot. It's a mutual conflict or it's not considered bullying. We have to call it what it is. You know, we, we have to be clear on that definition and not misinterpret it for teasing or just something that's just harmless. We have to really look at it closely and call it for what it is. And I think if we really do that, a lot of times schools and administrators won't downplay the way they do. So the interesting thing to me is that we forget that children who are not checked about their bullying tendencies in childhood, they just end up being grown bullies. If you're the victim of bullying and no one advocates for you and it never gets dealt with, 
then not only do you grow up and probably walk into team environments or workplace situations very fearful of other people and how they may perceive you or treat you, if you're the bully and you don't get some type of help or support, then you become that bullying supervisor or that bullying coworker or whatever. I want you to talk about, you know, a lot of times it's ignored for your daughter ended up being chest pains, which I think is extreme. But then there's other symptoms in adulthood where we kind of write things off as stress. It's like, oh, everyone has workplace stress or everyone has workplace drama. Like that's just a part of it. But how do you know as an adult if you've kind of crossed the line and now this is just unhealthy? I would say the the first major sign is your health or your mental state. If you have to think twice about going into work the next day because you don't think you're going to be able to get through the day, that's a sign. When you're getting excessive scrutiny or pressure from your supervisor or manager, that's also a sign that this may not be typical stress. But most times the physical symptoms are anxiety or depression. And also your work performance can start to decline. That's also a sign that you're not focused, you're not motivated. There's so many different forms of how it can impact an individual, but these are very strong indicators that it's more than just regular stress at the workplace. You know, you you lose your self-esteem as well. You start to question yourself. Do I even belong here? What am I doing here? Am I valuable? Why am I being treated this way? A lot of times it just shows up, physical symptoms, the depression, the anxiety, the feeling ill, headaches. You feel these these symptoms as if you are actually sick, but it's really what's going on with you. So when you feel these drastic symptoms or, you know, you have these reactions and you start to question, why am I feeling this way? Especially if you know you're on top of everything, you're eating well, you're doing everything you're supposed to do, but yet you're feeling a certain way, then you may want to look at it closely and realize that it's just more than regular stress. I had my own experience with workplace bullying. And it's funny because I've been pretty much an entrepreneur my entire life. So my two small experiences with having real jobs ended in some type of stressful situation. But one of them, I remember Mildred being so, I don't even know what the word is. I had such anxiety around going there that I would be fine. I would be jamming, praise music, like doing my thing, right? In traffic on the 405 in Los Angeles. And as soon as I hit that exit to get to my job, it would start. My stomach would start churning and I would start praying really fast, you know, like a a quick prayer in my spirit type of thing. And I would just be like, okay, God, give me strength. Give me, Mm -hmm. I would be breathing hard. I'd have to call my, he was my boyfriend back then. I'd have to call my boyfriend, Gerald, and get some words of encouragement. And then if he wasn't good enough, I called my mama girl. Call my mom. That's right. (laughs) My mom was at work. I would call my mom and be like, okay. And she would try to give me words of encouragement because I just knew it was coming. And it's funny with that particular situation, it was always talking about how much of a goody two shoes I thought I was. And I'm like, I'm just here to do what I got to do. Like (laughs) all these personal opinions about what you think my attitude is like. And really, I was in the mortgage industry. And of course, I wouldn't do fraudulent things. (laughs) So because I was the nerd in the office that wouldn't do fraudulent things, I was also being picked on like because I was also really young. I was about 21 years old, 20 years old, something like that. But it was just so, it was toxic. And when things start to get to the point where you don't want to get up in the morning or you are having anxiety while you're driving, (laughs) 
or you have to get there, park and have an extra 10, 15 minutes to yourself just to gather yourself before you go in. (laughs) That's a problem. But so many adults have these symptoms and beyond and they ignore them similar to how it's ignored or misinterpreted in children. I think the same thing happens as an adult because when we have these perceptions of, oh, everyone is going through whatever, this is just the way it is, mm-hmm. we allow bad behavior for much longer than we should. And in my second instance with this, this was when the recession hit and I lost everything and I was starting over from scratch and took a job for a short period of time. It was also a toxic environment where my boss would send me texts in big, bold letters with all kinds of exclamation marks. But strangely, when I would see him in person and voice my concerns or my opinions, he would seem to understand. Mm Kind of cowardly, if (laughs) if I'm honest. And then 20 minutes later, he would leave and then send me a text saying like, who do you think you are? In capital letters, like, wait a minute. (laughs) Are you kidding? So it got to the point where whenever he called or whenever I saw a text message from him, I was like, oh my God, here we go. I didn't even know what to expect. And for the first time in my life, I was diagnosed with high blood pressure. I was about 28 years old, I think. I was diagnosed with high blood pressure and it all stemmed from this whole scenario I had with my employer for that short time. And I remember Brandy Harvey, who was a friend of the podcast. We used to work out together back then. Well, Brandy was a hardcore workout person. I kind of would just fumble along and pretend (laughs) to work out with her. But I remember my voice. I lost my voice out of the blue for no reason in particular. Voice gone. I wasn't even speaking or podcasting or doing anything radio the way that I do now, the Mm. frequency that I do. And my voice was gone. And Brandy said to me, I think that's a physical manifestation of you not speaking up for yourself. Yes, she nailed it. I was like, oh my gosh. She was like, God has a funny way of showing you (laughs) like in your physical body when you're not taking care of those things deep down. She was like, I think that this is just a representation of you not speaking up for yourself. And a couple weeks later, and it's so funny, I was clearing out an email box at some point over the summer and I found my letter of resignation in that Google Drive. I found my letter of resignation and I read it back now and I was like, girl, you were bold. This is you really was gone. You were not playing around. And I emailed it and sent it certified mail. Yes, I I believe I did the same. Yeah, I was like, this is gonna get to you one way or another. We're gonna use our voice all the way around. But shortly thereafter, um, I did turn in my letter of resignation and never had another issue with high blood pressure. Wow. Not since that time. I was on medication for high blood pressure for about two months or so, maybe two to three months. And as soon as I left there, maybe four to six weeks after I went back to my doctor, gone. No issues with it. And it's that's amazing. It's amazing yeah. what a toxic environment or situation can do to us mentally and physically. It is. So I guess my question for you, though, as the expert is, how does someone stand up and speak out when there's that fear already of potential retaliation? Do you do it in spite of or do you suggest people gather their things and hit the road or what's the best way? Because I'm sure in this conversation, there's someone who's going, wow, this is what I'm experiencing. This is where I am. But where do I go from here? What I would advise people to do is really look into your personal situation. Everyone has a threshold of what they can handle and how they interpret things. 
But I would really say, speak up. If you're feeling uncomfortable in a situation or an environment and you want a change to happen, it's not going to happen unless you say something about it or you at least put some sort of effort to make sure that someone is aware of it. So reach out to your union representative or your staff representative and let them know what's going on. Also speak to your personnel manager, speak to them and let them know these are the issues that you have. Stick to the facts and just let them be aware that this is what you're experiencing and you don't like it and you want it to stop. If there's a way you all can come to some sort of agreement or you know, some sort of counseling or whatnot, but just bring it to someone's attention. And I would advise employees or workers to look into the Employee Assistance Program, which is also known as the EAP. It's a free program. It's confidential assessment. You can tap into that, speak with a counselor there, get some advice on how to go forward with the issue that you're having. A lot of employees have this program, especially in the federal government or local government. But if you don't, again, Consider your union representative. Hopefully they're supportive because I know in my case, while I was there, my union representative, they were not supportive at all. In fact, they tried to discourage you from just filing a grievance. I remember one time one representative told me, well, you really shouldn't go forward with this because it's going to be really hard to beat her, her as in the administrator at the time. And I said, well, what am I paying my union dues for? I'm entitled to this and you're trying to discourage me from going further when I have a legitimate, genuine concern here. So um, you definitely want to find a supportive program or system or person that's going to be able to listen to you and take your concerns seriously. They are available. You just have to make sure you search diligently and look into that. And when you're addressing your issue, be firm, but not aggressive. Be positive and calm when you're addressing the issue and just lay your concerns out there. Just put them out there. I I like that. Be firm, but not aggressive. So be clear about what you've experienced, but don't just walk in and pop off. I imagine a lot of people are like, you know what? If so-and-so says one more thing to me, today is going to be the day. (laughs) And then in that case, you don't get to be as effective because you look emotional as opposed to being poised and professional and having your facts in order, right? Right. You always want to exhibit emotional intelligence. You want to always be in control and in check with your emotions and not just react based on your emotions, but stick to the facts and what actually occurred. Worst case scenario, if you're reaching out for help and no one's there to help you out or not taking you seriously, you can definitely seek legal advice. You can do that just to get a clear understanding of what your legal rights are. But that's, again, that's worst case scenario where you can take those steps. Man, this is real. And I know that some of you may be thinking, well, what does this have to do with redefining wealth? And I, it's really important for me to make the connection for you because you brought up a great point earlier, Dr. Mildred, when you were talking about your own experience and how it started to make your performance suffer, right? Yeah. Because your mind is constantly cluttered with what's going on, you start to have anxiety, you probably may not show up on time or you want to leave early or you don't seem like the team player that you genuinely want to be, that you genuinely sought out to be. And leaving these types of environments, if you require a recommendation or a reference or any of those things, and it just got to the point where you had to leave abruptly and all these different things, that can Mm -hmm. impact your money later on down the line. Exactly. No, and it impacts the reputation depending on the industry that you're in and how small some of these circles are. If other people didn't realize that you were technically being bullied, 
they just saw that your performance was dropping or that you weren't showing up the same or a bit more disheveled. You're not present in meetings. Like you might be physically present, but your eyes are glossed over. Any number of things, you have to keep missing work because of doctor's appointments. There's any number of things that can end up really impacting your ability to produce wealth. And that's why this is an important conversation for the work pillar because it does connect. It does tie in to, for me, also being able to live your life's purpose because I think it's a shame that if you find the right industry or the right environment and then someone makes it a living hell, and now you're not certain about whether you're working in your purpose or whether you're doing the right thing, that makes a difference. And that leads to financial mismanagement. That leads to unfulfillment. And there's such a strong connection that I don't think we talk about enough. So I am so glad that you were here, Dr. Mildred, just to help me have this conversation because we need help out here. And I think so many of us are suffering in silence um, (laughs) and don't even realize it. Workplace bullying is more common that we like to acknowledge, but it's really prevalent. And a lot of adults are not talking about it because, you know, they feel ashamed or they feel guilty or they're just scared again for retaliation reasons. And and it makes sense. But just because we're not hearing a lot about it doesn't mean it's not happening because studies show that it's on the rise. There are a lot of people who are going to work every day who don't feel fulfilled. They don't feel comfortable. And they question if they're even supposed to be there, if they're even in the, doing the right thing. And it got to that point where I had to, for myself, I had to say, I would rather walk away now than to lose my integrity and my work performance starts to drop because that's what was happening. Like I have this passion for helping people. I have a human service educational background. So I've always loved helping people, especially those who are in a vulnerable situation or whatnot. And all of a sudden it's like, it became a burden to even stay on top of my work or really give my hundred percent. So once I started realizing I'm not giving my hundred percent and it's not fair to my applicants or to Mm -hmm. myself, I knew it was really time to move on and it just had to do with the environment. I couldn't concentrate, didn't feel comfortable, didn't feel safe. I didn't feel valued. I didn't feel appreciated. I just knew that it wasn't the right place for me to be and to be the best person that I can be, the best professional that I can be. So it was time for me to move on. Yeah. Well, before I let you go, because I could talk about this more. I'll talk about it in my wrap up. But before I let you go, I have a few questions. You're familiar with the show. So we call these Redefining Wealth Rapid Wisdom Questions. And all you have to do is tell me the first thing that comes to mind. So the first one is, how do you define success? Yes, defining success. To me, that looks like satisfaction, peace, and just fulfillment in your life. Mm-hmm. I like it. How do you define wealth in three words or less? Abundance in life. That's and good. It, abundance in life. Yeah. It doesn't have to do with the material things like society where, you know, have us conditioned to think like, oh, you're successful or you're wealthy based on what you have, your possessions, but just your overall life, your family, your health, just abundance in everything that makes up your life. That's to me, that's what, that's what. That's redefining wealth. I love it. What's one book that has changed how you see wealth? Man, that would be, okay. My dad got me this book in 2015 and it really hit home. It's by Jack Canfield and it's the success principles, how to get from where you are to where you want to be. 
Yes. I love that book. You can maybe pull it out. I have to link to that. Yes. I love Jack Canfield too. And this is the last one. You're going to fill in the blank. My name is, and for me, the truth about wealth is. My name is Dr. Mildred Payton. And to me, the truth about wealth is peace. Peace. That's spoken like someone who has survived bullying both personally and professionally. Peace, right? means it all. That's what it all means. I'm with it. Thank you so much, Dr. Mildred. I appreciate you being here and lending your voice to this topic. Just continue success to you. I know that I'll see you around, so it's not goodbye for us. Thank you so much for having me on the show again. It's been a pleasure. And yes, this is a very important topic and I'm just honored to be able to share my perspective with you. Okay, man, I hope that you got some great nuggets. I hope that as you were listening to this episode, you started to really think about your children or children you know and think about their behaviors or any shifts that you've seen in behavior. I hope you started to think about all the times and for some of us who have older children where you dismissed their concerns or you dismissed some of their behavior as just going through growing pains. It's okay, parents, if you have to go back and apologize and tell them, I'm sorry, I didn't hear you and I didn't see how serious this was. It's okay. When we talk about little kids needing to get their heart checked because they're not breathing, they're not sleeping well, they're not, I mean, this is serious and we need to address it as such and not brush it off and not keep saying, well, I was teased when I was a kid. Okay, it wasn't good for you either. That's one of the things I had to let go of because that's the story I was telling when I first started hearing about bullying and bullying and bullying. I'm like, well, we all were teased. Like, I mean, I got teased severely and it also threatened my destiny because I was teased so badly for what I look like. What if I didn't end up getting the help and support that I needed? I couldn't be on these stages. I couldn't be on national television. I couldn't stand before you. I couldn't put my face on books. There is a force at work that unfortunately will use other people to systematically take you out. And I believe it begins in childhood. And that sticks and stones will break my bones, but words will never hurt me. That's a lie. Words hurt. And if children are being bullied to the point of committing suicide these days, you guys, we have to take it seriously. If you are at the point of just not wanting to go to work, not wanting to wake up, crying when you get off the freeway, you hurt me with my story. I've been there. It's not okay. It's not acceptable. And you get to be your own advocate. And if you need the support of someone like Dr. Mildred Payton, then go and get it. We've talked about coaching on this podcast. Go and get the coaching you need and navigate through how you're going to move on to the next thing. But it's not okay. And I hope you can hear how passionate I am about this. I've seen too many people suffer and struggle, including myself, because people wanted to tell us to get over it or we wanted to tell ourselves to get over it. You don't have to get over it. You deserve to get the help that you need. So if you are an official purpose chaser, meet me in our official Redefining Wealth community over at Patreon. That's at IamAPurposeChaser.com. Meet me there. Let's talk about it. Have you ever been bullied in childhood or adulthood at the job in any form or fashion? How do you feel like it held you back from the wealth that you desire? And how are you committed to pushing through that? Or how have you already taking steps to push through that. Let's start a conversation. Let's help each other heal. If you want to comment on this episode, you can do so 
over at patricewashington.com. And of course, continue to share in social media. We always appreciate that. And there's someone who needs this message. Don't keep it a secret, especially during this month, this time of bullying awareness and bullying prevention. People need to know and they need to hear from folks who have survived it. So until next time, I want you to go live your life's purpose, find fulfillment and earn more without ever chasing money. Talk to you later. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com.